0: You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Okay, I think I got my cue now. Good evening, everyone. Um, thanks for calling me in tonight. We're going to be discussing uh, finding your rates and dumbbells. We're trying to uh, get everyone up to speed on creating their own customer base. And by creating your own customer base, we can begin to start to explore dumbbells and trials. Um Want to try to get everyone up to speed as far as – now, we're not going to be able to give all of the answers and everything tonight. Um, we're hoping to try to give some ideas – give you some nuts and bolts to begin to start to put the pieces together so that you can kind of fill in the blanks on different aspects of things that you may or may not already know, and it may also help clarify some things. I want to have a little help tonight. Uh, Another member of the Rate for Mile Masters uh, group is coming in, and um, he's going to come in and and, uh, talk with us tonight. He has over 16 years of LTL sales experience, so uh, you may get an opportunity to pick his brain on different strategies and things like that that you may be able to use when you're approaching customers, Um, different things that you need to – different things that you might want to incorporate in your sales plan and your sales pitch, and basically, you know, giving you the nuts and bolts of how to get in and um, get in with folks. But tonight we want to start off with – I'm going to go over the uh, DAT – trend lines report that came out today and kind of give an overview of how the rates did for this week and let everyone know where potentially hot freight is and, and potentially hot lanes as far as the spot market, spot market is concerned. So, um, the overview for the week, as far as bands go, uh, the overall load volume was down by 7% some from last week. Um, uh, Van load volume dropped by 13%. Available van equipment expanded up to 16%, helping increase capacity. Uh, Van rates reacted by pushing $0.02 lower week-over-week drop since January. Uh, Reefers were similar to the van market and that the rates kind of fell a little bit this week. Overall, for reefers, there was a $0.01 drop for reefers. Uh, the national average dropped down to 225 per mile for reefers, um, and for flatbeds, let's see, capacity trended higher, and the rates jumped by five cents from last week to 234. Is the average per mile for flatbeds? Uh, so it seems like there's a strong market, definitely in the spot market. There's this is why we wanted to go in tonight to talk about. Creating your dumbbells, creating your try hauls, uh, getting focused on getting direct customers and trying to move away from brokerage because there is a tremendous opportunity to be had right now as far as shippers. They are looking for capacity because they are starting to feel the crunch from the dreaded dun 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 driver shortage <laughs> and also. Uh, but mainly, it's coming from the uh, the new regulations. Uh, more and more people are starting to try to be in compliance. They are feeling the crunch of the truck availability, and so there's there's shippers are starting to feel this across the board. So this creates a great opportunity for us independent guys, guys people that have their own uh, authority, to begin to go out and negotiate and pick up direct freight because the shippers will prefer to deal with the carrier versus having a middleman. But we have to make sure that we come away from the mentality of taking the easy way out the path of least resistance, which is just getting on the load boards, trying to find loads, posting our trucks, so on and so forth. That works for a short period of time, and right now it's it's great to work the spot market. You're getting great rates in the spot market. However, we want to definitely establish uh, multiple revenue streams of income, and by getting our own customers, we can develop multiple streams of income. That comes opportunities for brokering, adding more, uh, potentially adding more trucks, expanding whatever you want to do. Uh, even exploring the opportunity of what we talked about before about maybe uh, doing the uh, the co-op. Real quickly, we're going to go, and before we start on the rate and uh, the dumbbells and everything, I want to go over the uh, fruit and vegetable truck market report real quickly as well from the USDA. And uh, I posted all of this stuff in the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook group. Uh, so you can go in and you can see it for yourself. So if you pull a drive-in, a flatbed, or even uh, an especially reefer, produce market is in full swing. So there's opportunities to be had all across the country. If you go back, if you go and look at the report, it's very colorful, a lot of stuff in the red. Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, there's a shortage going on. Central and South Florida, there's a shortage going on. South Florida, shortage. Eastern North Carolina, shortage. Uh, Mississippi, there's a shortage. Lower Rio Grande Valley, shortage. Mexico crossing through Texas, shortage. Uh, and northwestern Washington, there's a shortage for trucks and capacity. So if you have the type of equipment that uh, whatever is moving in those areas, and, and you can go back and click on the report. where well, I don't want to spend a lot of time going over the different things, but it actually tells you what commodities are moving in which markets, and it gives you some uh, rates and stuff like that. Again, you have to take, take into consideration if you're getting a broker load, the rates that you're seeing on there is the rates that the brokers are getting paid. You will not be getting paid that rate unless you are able to contact and find, and hopefully, you may have the tools to begin to seek out those shippers specifically and go directly to them, be able to invoice directly to the shipper. So, with that said, with no further ado, we're going to just jump right into. Um, talking about dumbbells. And the whole concept about dumbbells is you want to take your area where you are based out of, where you're domiciled. So I'll use myself for an example. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, You want to take Atlanta, Georgia and throw down your dumbbell and say a 50 to 100 mile radius. Whatever, I mean, you you make it up. You decide how far you want to go out as far as, but I, I think 50 miles with a major metropolitan area, as far as Atlanta is concerned, is great. Um, because I can pick up, there's a lot of different cities that can, I can hit within that 50-mile radius without putting a whole bunch of extra deadhead miles on my truck for free. Um, so you want to begin to target shippers within a 50-mile radius of your domicile area so that you can begin to look for um, – seeking out those shippers that shift on what type of equipment that you have. So if you have flat flatbeds or step decks or RGNs, then you want to try to seek out people that, that shift those things. And the way that you seek those individuals out within that 50-mile radius is by looking them up by seek code. I also posted in the group uh, different sites where you can go to. I posted manta.com. ThomasNet.com, Webster's Online. You seek out those shippers, and and you can go in there, and they have uh, ways you can put in zip codes while you're doing your searches in those different sites so that you can begin to narrow down and target your prospect list. So you want to do that in your domicile area at first. And then what the dumbbell consists of is you want to find another part of the country that you enjoy running in Uh, because it's your business. Now, if you just want to chase money, then you want to try to seek out the lanes, the, the most profitable lanes. The way that you do that is you're going to have to start surveying carriers. Uh, how do you survey carriers? Well, if, you're, if you have your own authority, I'm pretty sure you've gotten a phone call before where the broker calls you up and asks you, say, hey, I got a customer, we want to quote this load. What would it take for you to make this load move? Well, you basically... That's what this broker is doing. He's surveying you. You're a carrier. So you basically have to take on that same role. And that is one of the best ways to get true rates by surveying up motor carriers. With the Rate Per Mile Masters Group, you automatically have a great way to, to begin surveying motor carriers because there are, a lot of, there are a lot of people that are part of the group. The group is grown by leaps and bounds. So you can put a question out there, and you'll get some feedback on what uh, what this particular lane, what someone would run this particular lane for. This gives you a way to be able to go back in to be competitive and quote that lane for your customer. And you want to do that on both ends of your dumbbells. You want to do that in your domicile area, and you also want to do that in whatever targeted area that you plan on running in. And that's how you begin to build your dumbbell. You want to begin to market on both ends of your 50-mile radius your rate. Begin to market your rate. Get you some postcards. Uh, get you, build you a Facebook fan page. Uh, there are all, all kinds of multiple different types of ideas. Get on LinkedIn. Uh, make sure that you, you know, because there's a lot of contacts that you can make on LinkedIn. I met someone on LinkedIn last year uh, from Perina. He doesn't want to deal with brokers at all. He wants to deal strictly with carriers. So I didn't have an opportunity to broker that freight, but there is an opportunity there for me if I if I wanted to run dry bands, to run uh, Perina cat kitty litter out of Missouri. Uh, and if anybody's interested in that, by the way, just drop me a message on Facebook, and I'll try to refer uh, relay the information over to you. That's 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 a uh, it's not something that I'm actually pursuing right now. So, but I don't mind passing at all. One more thing I wanted to go over real quick, and I'm going to bring George on to help us out, to give us some ideas and, and to kind of get our brains to, to thinking. Uh, we want to start, when you're looking at your shippers, the thing that you want to do is you want to be able to start to uh, narrow down your prospects. You're not going to be able to go after uh, the biggest fish in the pond. You might be able to. I mean, you might have some luck there, It's not, but it, you would probably be better served targeting the smaller to mid-level uh, type shippers. And the way that you want to do that is you want to begin to target them based on uh, one of the ways that I was taught. You want to start looking at how uh, how much revenue they, they earn within a year, like how much revenue they are shipping out. And on the website that I gave out, I know that NASA does it, ThomasNet does it, and I think I think all three of them have, Tools in there where they can give you company profiles, and they'll show you um, the amount of revenue that they are earning within a year. They also show you you want to target like companies that are have uh, between fifty to three hundred employees. That'll give you a good indication as to their size and the truckability of their company. If they have, if, if they're not shipping a bunch of LTL freight, uh, they ship, they're actually shipping truckload freight. But if they are shipping truck LTL rates, uh freight there may be also still an opportunity there for to be had uh if you can start to build a LTL run back to the other end of your dump and you could really start to uh, re- you could really start doing some real serious numbers on l t l freight if you have to you know if you if you can come up with enough uh freight to fill up your fill up your trailer so with that said, i want to just kind of give a real uh try to hit my points really quickly. Uh, I want to try to bring George on because George has some very uh, powerful and great information to get out. George Heck, he's another member of the Rate Per Mile Masters. Um, He has 16 years of LTL experience. George has been doing some some phenomenal things. He's been in business for one year,
1: uh, well, a little
0: over a year. And uh, I'm not going to tell his whole story. He can tell it better than I can. But uh, we've been talking back and forth, and George has been doing Really excited uh, to learn. I want to sit back. I got my pen and paper. I'm sitting back ready to start taking taking notes. So with no further ado, let me see if I can find George here in the queue. And we're going to bring Mr. George Hick on to give us some uh, information as to what things we need to do to begin to uh, – uh, give me just a second. To begin to um, – Talk to customers and get that revenue. I had George highlighted just a few seconds ago and I lost him in my.
2: Where are you, George?
0: Can't find George right now. I'm going to bring on someone that has a question and I'm going to still look for George. Caller in the 630. Has a question. Six three zero caller. What's your name? And where you calling from?
2: Uh, Scott. Right now I'm
0: out in New Mexico. How you doing, uh, you sound kind of low. Can you, can you repeat that? Here, is that better? That's a lot better. Uh oh, looks like we dropped that call. I'm still trying to find George. All right, caller in the uh, 864, my hometown, South Carolina. Caller, what's your name? What's What's your question? Hello, caller, you there? Going once, caller in the 864. Okay. Let's try this one. Call in the 321. Call in what's
3: your name what's your name? Florida 321. Hello, caller. Hello. What the hell? Fucking big Bellbells No, it's probably the. Uh... What? Call in, you're, you're on the air. Yeah. Probably whatever he's using.
0: Then that home or the radio
4: station. No, he's
2: probably.
0: All right. Well, let's try this one. Call in the three zero
3: four. Yeah. Hello. Oh, I, uh, can it's you way, hear me? Oh are you calling? I can hear you. I, I was I
0: was going to ask Kevin. Uh, nobody queued me up, so to speak. <laughs> I, who, uh, I wanted to ask Kevin a um, engine question. I w- I, I oh, don't want to. Wow. I don't want to. don't want to get out. Uh, somehow or another, you're out of sequence here. Yeah. <laughs> but I can. Uh, we're, we're sitting here for Kevin tonight. We're, we're doing uh race and lanes tonight. Um, Oh, you might want to try them on Facebook or you may want to just throw your question out there. We may have somebody on, on the line that might be able to answer your question. I'm, I'm not too, uh, engine is not my strong suit. Uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, on your LTLs, do you always, uh, when you post them or you go someplace to look for them, can you, uh, uh, do they, well, do they frequently, I, I know they don't always, but do they frequently have dimensions? Um, you, well, on your CLTLs, you definitely want to get that information. But what we're talking about tonight is you actually going out and prospecting for those people, not not necessarily something that you're posting for on the board. What we're trying to do is we're trying to help people be more, become more proactive and actually go out and start making sales calls. Actually, start mm-hmm. hauling on customers and, and begin to start build their own customer base. Right, right. So you well, listen. You I will. Uh... You're gonna try to if you're gonna try to fill you're gonna try to fill out your trailer. Definitely want to try to get all the dimensions and everything so that you know exactly you know how many linear, linear feet it is. Uh, whether or not you're going to be able to stack it. Uh, you know all those different things. And I just found George, so I'm getting ready to bring him on. Is, is there any, does that answer your question? Or do you have anything else you want to throw out there real quick? No, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead with George. All right, thank you. All right, thank you.
3: All right. George, are you there? Yeah, good evening, Rico. Well, that, that was actually probably my fault. I was, I was on the call early and something disconnected, and I had to call back in, so that's where you lost me. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate you calling back in. I was looking for you. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I got to tell you, with that introduction, you're you're putting a little pressure on me. I'm feeling a little little nervous here. Not that I'm, you know, I feel like I've done some exciting and fun things, but I certainly don't want to say that I'm all that by any means. You know, it's a a lot of work. And, uh, you know, I guess I just want to say, you know, there's not one person here on this call or or in any of our groups that can't go out and make the sales calls. Is Is it tough? Oh, yeah, it certainly is. Even after my 16 years of doing it, it's still tough. There's times where you're just not in the mood. But probably the biggest thing I want to say is, you know, it shows ambition, but be ready to hear the word no. And you're going to hear the word no a lot. You know, one of my accounts that I'm doing more and more specialized stuff with, I mean, it took me six times seeing them, calling on them to actually get my first move. But it was a move that paid me round trip with 50% deadhead in the mid mid to high twos per mile. I was happy with that. Say that again, George. Well, this this account that I um, had secured, I had called on them six times between taking freight in for another customer. I knew they had business that was right within my business model, but they had unique stuff. But an example with that customer, I quote them round-trip miles from my door back to my door, and, you know, based on their needs and the value of it, they were more than happy with it. And and my rate on that that particular moves is two sixty five a mile round trip. You know, if that makes sense. Wow.
1: Yeah. You know, and, so. and
3: like I said, and I, that was down to Tennessee and I came home empty. Now, you know, that that's where I feel like I'm lacking. Where I like listening to you. I I just have a problem with the whole broker side of things. I don't like dealing with them. I don't like waiting. Um, I can count on one hand the number of broker loads I've done in the first year. I do them from time to time. I want to use them to enhance my numbers to come home, but not to the extent that I want to sit for a day waiting for something. I'd rather just be home.
0: Right. And with the the model that you're talking about, the way that you price your services, um, you still are doing, averaging over 2 bucks a
3: mile on all miles. Uh, Yes, I did in the first year. Yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, you know, and then,
0: you know, but, uh, but go ahead. No, I was just saying that's, that's great. I mean, there's a lot of guys out here that they that, that can't, you know, they can't say that. And I just want to remind everyone uh, real quickly while uh, real briefly that if you got a question about rates, lanes, or if you got a question for George press one so that it throws you in the queue, we don't have a call screen and press one. It'll allow me to see you and I can try to get to your call. All right, George, you go
3: ahead. I'm I'm turning it back over to you. Yeah, now now I I don't want – I know there's going to be some people that will say, well, you know, George has known these customers. Yes, I have. I I worked for three different LTL trucking companies, um, you know, brought them aboard. But what prompted me to go and start my own business was listening to my customers and hearing them complain about literally everything we complain about out here on the road. The, the image, um, the presentation of equipment, drivers. Uh, yeah, I think of a move I did a, a couple weeks ago, and the guy said, wow, your trailer's clean. And I looked at him, I said, is that that hard to sweep out your trailer? And he goes, yeah, but you have a broom. And, you know, okay, if you're doing drop and hook, maybe it's tough to do. But, you know, that's the image that I want to present. Um, but backing up on that, yeah, I do know a bunch of my customers, but I listened to them about what they needed what they wanted, and targeted that, you know, when I got started. Um, Yeah, the first year was tough. I had two quarters of literally not doing anything. And I can't say that I had a a windfall of money to fall back on. And, you know, as as much as I feel good about doing things, I'd certainly like to, you know, share that, boy, I still have a whole lot of debt to repay. But I did start out with an inexpensive $15,000 truck. It's got over a million miles on it. And you know what? It treats me well. I don't think it's everything that I want, but any customer I've gone into has been pleased with it. They've never said to me, oh, you got an old truck. Uh, You know, they're more impressed that it has a million miles on it. Um, But having said that, I mean, there isn't one person here that can't go out and make a sales call. Yes, it's tough. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But make yourself presentable. You don't have to wear a suit. Knock on somebody's door. Or when you're delivering to a small shipper or receiver, you know, to a small receiver – Ask them, how do you move your stuff? Many customers will appreciate working directly one-on-one because they know who they're dealing with. They know what to expect. They know that your word is going to be good. Right. And
0: one more thing to add into that. It would help, like, when you go make your deliveries or your pickups. I'm not saying that you're necessarily soliciting, but, hey, it doesn't hurt you. It never hurts to drop off your uh, contact information you know do you have marketing material um,
3: I'm, we, yeah where we are actually working on a marketing piece right now but have business cards I, I mean in my first year of business I've already gone through 2000 business cards I don't know where they all went you know but I mean give one to a customer don't just give one give two you know, yeah, half of them are going to get thrown out, but somebody might like you enough, and, and they're going to pin it up to that bulletin board in front of their desk and say, wait a minute, who is that guy? Hey, uh, that guy Rico, boy, he, he seemed like a nice guy. Let's call him. Maybe he can help us with this.
0: Right, and, and uh, I'm I'm just making notes as we're talking because it's helping me jog my memory and stuff. And one thing that I definitely want to put out there as well, something that when you try to put together your marketing plan, your marketing uh, uh blitz, you have to put things into your marketing plan and your marketing place that builds your credibility as a carrier or as a person. Just like when the broker sends you over their package and they send you over all the stuff, all the members of associations and all the stuff that they are a part of. Well, if you are members to an association such as NASDAQ, such as OOIDA, whether, you know, uh, uh, if you went to the CMC, you got a certificate. You know what I'm saying? Show that you have some type of training or background in your industry that will help credibility if you have uh, me and george was having a conversation last night and he uh letters from his customers i mean that you can't get any better credibility than that so if you got paying customers that are, that are giving you endorsements, then you definitely sometimes the old saying that i've heard before if you don't blow your own home, sometimes it don't get blown." so you, know, you <laughs> want to make sure that Uh, well, not only that you seem that way, but you definitely you just want to let people know that you're serious about your industry, your business, and that you actually took time to set aside and to acquire more knowledge about what it is that you're trying to do this, so that they know that they're not dealing with um, just any Joe Blow. Uh, because at <laughs> the end of the day, it goes back to the conversation that me and George had last night as well, is able. I mean, you, you, you're walking in and you're meeting someone for the very first time, but you have to, a relationship. But also, you have to get them, allow them to trust you with their freight, and that you're going to do the right thing. That you're going to make sure that their product gets their safe and in one piece, on time. And if not, then at least you have the common courtesy that that, that you are uh, business minded to give them a call to let them know
3: if any issues arise. Go ahead, George. You was getting ready to say something. Yeah, but you know what, and one thing I want to say to that with regards to trust, trust is not given, trust is earned. And and it trust right. me, it, it takes a lot to get to there. Um uh, well you touched on a bunch of stuff there that made me want to look for my pen. But on a marketing piece, <laughs> you know, you know, everyone says, Do you have a website? No, I don't. I you know, I've set up my Facebook page, you know, for for the company Blue Hair and Logistics and you know, somebody said, well, you should have a web page. Well, yeah, I want to, but right now I don't want to incur that cost. Um, not that I can't. I see no need. Facebook is free. It's easy. Set it up, you know, as your own company page. You start having people follow you, and, and they want to know what you have going on, what's cool and what's not. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned about yourself, you know, sell yourself and add the excitement. I mean, I've had a bunch of customers say, wow, I haven't seen you happy, George. In the 15 years I've known you, I haven't seen you this happier than you've been in the last two years. And and, and they see that. They feel that. And they love to support the excitement you feel. Right. Right. You know, it, it, you know um, on a marketing piece, you know, we, we all have phones and smartphones. If you do something neat and unique, take a photo of it. You know, pe- people like seeing that. Right. You know, and and the good. other big thing when it comes to being a business, look for doing, you know, do what everyone else doesn't want to do. If you're, if we're out here in the industry doing what everyone else does, well, now you've become a commodity. Mm. You know, and Just I think that's so the fun. last thing we want to be. But, you know, but if, if you know, not to question you, you mentioned your contact there with Purina. um you know, that can be great, but, you know, obviously he, even though his project really is a commodity, him wanting to work with you by connecting through LinkedIn, he has a problem, and he's trying to get exactly. that rectified. Exactly. Well, you know, you a, a call? A,
0: yeah, sure. Let's go ahead. All right. Well, look, let's go back. Let's see. um go back to the top of the list here. Let's try this 864 call again. Eight six four. All right, caller, are you, are you there? Hello, caller, are you there? I'm not getting them. I'm gonna put them back on hold. Let's see. Let's try this one. Caller in the three o four. Hey guys, uh, I was already on. Go ahead, take go ahead, take somebody else. Okay, I'm sorry, yes sir, I got you now. All right, George, let's see, let's see if we can get somebody. Let's see, we got a caller from the six three zero. Good evening. How are you tonight? Good. And yourself? What's your name? And where you calling from?
4: Uh, this is Scott. I'm out here in New Mexico. All
0: right, Scott, what's your question for us tonight?
4: All right, I have a question more on rates. All
0: right.
4: And I know I've heard it addressed a million times, but it seems to me I've got the guys to talk to on here now. How cheap is cheap freight? And what, I'm, I'm, you know, you start going out and cultivating your own customers. There aren't too many in the area where I live. But I haul up out of Illinois a lot, so I'm going to try to cultivate some there for my step deck.
3: Uh, okay, you know what, Scott, you've you mentioned something interesting. You, you you asked the question, how high is too high? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. How's... It kind of goes with, you know, I, I don't know if there is anything that to say there is anything too high. One thing Rico and I talked about last night, I have some customers, direct customers that have come to me saying, I've got to move this, give me a price. I give them a price. It, it literally becomes a line item in their quoting process, which they quote to their customer as all delivered in. Now that's not, you know, always a, the, the normal situation, but freight is just another cost of their product.
4: Right. Now, how cheap is too cheap?
3: Um, I, guess, I guess that comes down to you know, knowing your numbers and what works for you. I mean, right now, like I said, I started out with, a, with an inexpensive truck, but if I had to choke down a $2,000 a month truck payment, I think I'd be in a whole different situation you know but right. but the thing is what i'm starting to learn with a lot too my business model as i've written it out my target is i want to do i want to really only do 60 to 80,000 miles a year maybe 100 but i don't i really don't want to be you know what i call many people out here the road warriors gone five days a week all this it's just not my not the way I want to do it i don't want to live in the truck i, I mean my truck has an inverter it, you know, the fridge and the microwave are coming out that I got from the previous owner. I, I don't want to spend that much time in the truck. It's my tool. Um, but, you know, that what is too little? Like, you know, I, I have some moves that I do for one of my customers I'll be doing it in a couple of weeks. It, ironically, it'll be on my step deck. So it, the, the rate on it will be close to 3 bucks a mile. But if I don't build myself something good, to get down there, which last year when I started my business, I wasn't able to, and things happened, and they were like, "Hey, we really got to load this and get them, get it back." You know, that kind of knocked my rate in half. I still made money, but not as good as I could have in the four days I would have been gone. Does that make sense, Scott?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I put I put Scott back on. I was going to try to go to another caller, um, and as far as was to, you know. What's too high or what's too you know I, I come from I also have a little bit of background in real estate and one of the things that they say in real estate is you can charge whatever you want to charge for it. it is what somebody's willing to pay so it depends on service that you're delivering um, so don't be afraid to shoot for you know shoot a little bit higher but that also comes back in if you want to try to be competitive in the marketplace. You know, and if you it, and, and real estate is similar. If you want your house to sell, then you need to price it accordingly if you want to sell quickly. So if you want to move, if you want to do that, you want to go back to what I was talking about as far as surveying carriers so that you can kind of align your rate with what the going market rate is in that lane. But at the same time, don't forget to add back in once you get that average of the going rate in that lane. Don't forget to add back in your value-added services. Because if if you consider yourself average, then okay, then like George' was saying you you get what the average rate is. But if you consider yourself as bringing more to the table, delivering more value to your customer, then charge according, according to that and you know and and the only way that you're going to know how to charge according to that is going back to the mantra that Kevin always talks about, knowing your numbers, you have to know your numbers, your cost of operation. Um,
3: oh, and when you mention, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to finish up on that? We'll go to another call after. No, this. when you mention about quoting, you know, your numbers and providing value. One thing I see as, as a huge factor that I, I, I think it makes a big difference because all my customers like it. When I'm done delivering or done picking up, whether it be some of the brokers that I've done a few moves for. Most of my all have their cell numbers. I send them a text or an email right from my phone. Hey, just want to let you know, you know, your shipment to Macon, Georgia delivered. John Smith signed for it. Thanks. That's one less thing right. that they have to chase down later in the day to figure out if it happened.
0: Right, right.
3: Okay, we're going to go to caller
0: in the four two three four two three 423 area code. Caller, what's your name and what's, what's, your, what's your question?
1: Yes, uh, my name's uh, Daniel. I'm more or less sitting in Atlanta right now. Fairly new to the whole industry. I've been uh, a company driver uh, for the last 15 months, uh, and I'm about to make my way into the owner-op side. Uh, You mentioned earlier uh, twice, I believe now, about surveying carriers, and I know usually once a week I'll hear the landline now presentation of rates and lanes. Uh, That kind of more or less gives a breakdown, and they usually do a tri-haul deal. Um, Is there a... Now, I know you mentioned some websites. I haven't got a chance to check those out. Uh, is that kind of a similar way to get the load information as far as average rates from city to city, you know, just by looking it up? Um, or is that kind of a way to help quicken uh, the surveying process?
0: The thing um, the that Landline Now talks about is actually the same exact report that I posted on the uh, Rate for Mile Masters group. They, they go over the same thing as the DAT report. It's the same exact report. It will uh, help you um, get a little bit more familiar with in and, and those particular lanes and markets it will help get you there. But as far as surveying carriers, what I mean by that is, is if, if by you being a company driver, you, you probably have never had that experience. But what brokers will do, when brokers have freight from a new customer or something and it's a new uh, lane, Brokers have software where they try to benchmark different rates. And okay. if they have something that they haven't necessarily covered in their benchmarking, then they're going to begin to call on carriers uh, based out of that carrier. Because they, what, they, what brokers try to do is they try to find um, – they, they operate on what's called finding the back hauler. This is like the first thing that they taught us in, in my brokering uh, classroom experience. They always say you mm-hmm. want to find the back hauler. And what the back hauler is, you want to try to look for the motor carrier who is domiciled going to, if your freight, say say, for instance, you're in Nashville, Tennessee. And the broker is looking at available trucks in Nashville, Tennessee, and he looks at you and he sees that you are actually domiciled out of Atlanta. And he has freight from Nashville going to Atlanta. He's going to want to call you because theory of, If they get you a load going home or getting close by the house, that you would take that freight cheaper.
1: Okay, that makes
0: sense. That is is the theory of the back hauler. So they automatically will try to call the person that's domiciled where that freight is actually going to be delivering to to try to get a cheaper rate, thereby increasing their commission rate.
2: Um, Okay. But as as, as a carrier...
0: No, I'm just saying real quickly, as a carrier, what you want to do is you want to begin to survey the carriers that are in that area because they are also marketing to that particular customer so that you can kinda of get an idea of what the market rate is for that particular area or a direct rate that to the uh, to the shipper. So that you can kind of get okay. your get so you can put your uh get your prices together so that
3: you can make your presentation to the shipper. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yes. Let Let me also say this, Daniel. He, you know, if you're looking to target and get your own um, shippers, don't feel like you need to go in and say, "Oh, here's my price." Ask the questions and try to find out what their needs are. and And I've had many customers say, "Hey, I'm I'm used to paying this much." Where I said to customers, "Well, then I may not be good for you," or it's been very helpful. Um, you know, but but I found so often and and with this industry that oh, I, I don't want to say this and make it sound bad, but it, but it is because of what we see out here. Many customers in this industry in transportation seem to settle for mediocre service. They just think, well, it's trucking. That's as good as it gets. And, yeah, the guy was late. Well, that kind of stinks. You know, and they think right. that's just the way it is. But rise yourself above that. As Rico and I have talked about, set yourself apart. You know, I, I'm focusing on more niche markets and unique things. But do that. Offer that service, which isn't just a matter of picking it up, taking it there, but having the clean equipment, walking in, being presentable, shaking someone's hand. You know, follow up with them. You know, yeah, and, see. you know
1: kind of a solution-based you know they they, they're going to have their own little quirks and problems or issues that they've dealt with in the past and Trinity and say hey well i'm not like such and such big brand name carrier who you know they don't even know which driver is going to be there to pick up the load you know if you if you go through me i'll actually be at the load. I'll be the one at the dock. I'll be, you know, I'll be the one that's taken all the way across, you know, if you're yeah. the-
3: and and and, I'm, and you'll be the one that's a phone call away when you give them the business card and they have your cell number. It's, it's your cell number. That is actually a concern that I am starting to see that I have worked to build my business to a point. It is just one truck. I've got three trailers now. Um, you, uh, accessibility to a fourth, and, and two other flatbeds for no charge from friends of mine. But having the the variety, but I've always said to my customers, it's me, it's me. Well, what happens in a year when me can't do it anymore? And I need right. and someone and else. Talk,
0: talk a little bit about I, – I'll put, uh, put Dane back on. Oh, I'm going to try to get some more callers real quick. But talk a little bit about you, – you mentioned the different trailers, and we meant to, meant to talk about that as well, having the diversity. Even though you're smaller, but you still diverse in your different modes of transportation, which opens you up to a myriad of different things. Talk about that a little bit before we bring the next call on. Um,
3: it it really doesn't cost a whole lot to have an additional trailer. Um, I mean, my first trailer, you know, is, uh, what I call my flagship trailer is, is my Kentucky moving van. I really designed that more to do moves over height. You know, because I have 117 inches of interior height capacity machines, I've got full ability to secure product into the trailer. It's got load levelers. And I bought that, you know, it's got a lift gate. it's got a reefer. Reefer has issues, but everything's there. I can use that when I need it. Um, But, I mean, that was a trailer I bought for $14,000. I picked up a step deck that actually somebody had loaned to me last year, and now it's not the prettiest one out there, but you don't don't need everything to be perfect to get going. You need to get it going, and then you build on that. Um, That's a 48-foot spread axle. I borrowed it from somebody for about three weeks, and I jokingly made a comment, boy, you know, David, you don't use that. I should buy it. Well, he sold it to me for $8,000. That trailer, you know, has paid for itself five times over, you know, with stuff that I've done.
0: But well, it just goes to show that the old ad is true. The answer to an unasked question is always no. So you got to ask the question. You know, um, and with regards to us. that with
3: trailers, you know, hang on, one thing I do want to say to anyone out there, um, you know, your local rental companies, even the Penske's and Riders, will rent you a trailer. I mean, I had people call me saying, do you have a 53 foot a van? No, I don't. I can go rent one. I had one customer wanting me to do that. I rented them a van. They had it for two weeks to load. I came back in town. I took that trailer, delivered it, and came home. But they wanted a trailer that they could load, you know, for the course of two weeks. And they paid for all the rental.
0: Wow. There you go. But, like I say, you got to ask the question. And you got to – sometimes by asking questions, the solutions will present themselves. The more information that you gather – when you're talking to potential clients and customers, you need to be trying to uh, extract as much information as you possibly can. Asking every every avenue is a different way to veer off a different lane to go and get more information about their operation. Because at the end of the day, when we're talking about selling, and I uh, mentioned at the beginning, you're going to hear no a lot. But the main thing about this selling is it's not about you per se. It's about the customer. So we have to find out what is it that the customer needs. How can we address those needs? How do we differentiate ourselves from the big boys or or, or a broker? You know, by dealing with me versus dealing with a broker. You know, what are the perks of that? You know, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about that already. I'm going to go jump to the caller calling in from the 434 area code, 434 area code. Let's see if I can get them up. Mr. Right, Rico, Paul, What's your name? Where you calling from? Rico. Yes, sir. Scott, I talked to you yesterday, man. Hey, Scott, how you doing?
4: Not bad, not bad. I took your advice, had a meeting with them this morning, and it uh, came out very well.
0: Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. You got a question for me and George tonight?
4: Uh, well, yeah.
0: Um,
4: well, you know, obviously you know my situation. Um, I'm going to be looking for some constant backhaul out of New England. Um, I mean, with with four trucks and, you know, the trailers I have, how big a company, I mean, should I realistically go for, to, you know, to look for? Well,
3: oh, are are to... I
4: research?
3: What was that? What, what kind of trailers? drive Um, You know, I don't know if there's a number to put to that, but one thing, it, it, you know, your great times have mentioned, this when Rico was talking about Manta and, and the different avenues to find more business. Another area that, um, I am worked on, I used it in the past, but is going to your local, you know, whether it be the local town, city, county, your chamber of commerce, your they often have a business, it might be called a business Alliance. Um, or thirdly, you know, regional transportation council, you know, they could to call them traffic clubs and they got away from calling them that. Um, one thing I found with New England is it's just a rough area to get freight out of. Where are you looking to get back to, Scott? Virginia. Um do this. Send send me a message. Um are you on Facebook? Oh yes. Okay. I'm gonna, I got a friend of mine that has a well, I wanna call it a small trucking operation, mainly reefers. Up in that area, but he's somebody I can maybe put you in contact. He's in the Massachusetts area, in Western Mass. Um, he may know of stuff coming out. A lot of it comes down to networking, you know. As Rico talked about, asking the customers, you got to talk to a lot of people too. Your friends, your right. family, you know. So you've got steady stuff to go up there. Yeah, I mean, I've got. Oh yeah, I've got
4: more than enough steady stuff. I've got one customer that uh, we just. Pretty much did a deal today for one load a day, Virginia to Connecticut. So,
3: what uh, and what sort of commodity are they moving, or what do they do? Does, does shipping. It's food. Okay. Have you asked them, or have you talked to their purchasing department? Where do their raw materials come in from? Uh, no, not really. I
4: haven't. Uh... I we're kicking around that there is a possibility of getting a backhaul out of there but currently it's broken out to a big company right now one of the big you know one of the big ones and okay. uh, we're working you know we that's a that's an open possibility
3: okay cuz i mean even though they produce food all of their cans, their bottles, their caps, their packaging, the cardboard all of that needs to come in and that might be something you know for you to consider if you've got a consistent outbound customer see if they've got something.
4: All right coming back. Well, we actually haul I haul the food to that one particular place and I haul a lot of the packaging at times too so um,
3: okay, but all of these moves, from Virginia are going to go to the same consignee. Yep, same same building, same
4: you know. It's the it's the same deal. It's a constant, same stuff every day.
3: Work. Um, do you have a connection with that receiver in in Connecticut? Um, uh, I'm working towards that. I'm working
4: towards that. They uh, the, the the gentleman that runs it is you know he's all pro big company. Mm. So that's.
3: That's yeah, but, you know, take a little time and, and get to know them, and, and if you do the run yourself, you know, oh, yes. all the heads saying, hey, I'm delivering, can, can I meet you? Can I put a face with a name?
4: Right. Well, and that's what I've been doing. I mean, like I said, I've got my foot in the door a little bit, but, you know, I'm just, it's, I don't know if they're going to have the volume, you know, I'm going to have a truck a day up there. And I, my my thing is, I've got a constant backhaul, but there's some deadhead involved. I mean, even even with the uh, deadhead involved, it's a fairly decent rate. But it's you know, is I want, I'd like to eliminate the deadhead. And,
3: um. Yeah, but if the whole number comes out, yeah, and a good number,
4: it does. I mean, it's uh, going going up. All miles, it's over three dollars, and with my
3: deadhead coming back, it's
4: at two sixty-eight. All miles. So
3: okay, you broke up. I didn't. I didn't catch that on the numbers, but but I mean, keep in mind, anything out in New England is going to be going to be a rough area for rates.
4: Right, right, right.
3: And uh, just a
4: side note here, you guys are talking about websites and stuff like that. If anybody's a member to one two three load board, they will uh, build you a website and maintain it for you and everything at no charge. Oh, okay. It's part of okay. it's part of it's it's part of the service of having you know one two three load board. So not promoting them because I mean I use all of them, but it's just a little free thing there. Okay. Okay. know.
0: no. What, what, what? Scott, remember? George uh, say he may have a potential uh, connection to hook you up with on on uh, uh, the network with back on on the New England side. So make sure that you reach out to him on Facebook. I'm going to try to squeeze in a couple more callers in real quick. Uh, caller from the four two three. It's your turn. Four two three. Hey, it's uh, Mike caller from
3: Tennessee.
0: Hey, Mike, how can we help you tonight? Hello, Mike.
1: i uh, not too uh, bad. I was just kind of curious. I've been uh, hauling for a broker of a regular pickup, and uh, it's kind of one of them niches where if you're 30 minutes late, they want to slap a $250 charge on you, but I've been doing a pretty good job with this guy because he keeps calling me back. And uh, you guys were talking about approaching
3: those uh, shippers with, uh, you know, business cards and that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of curious. I'd heard of in some of those carrier packets and stuff, if you get to the nitty-gritty of it, that there's kind uh, of like, like no-contest clause and stuff in there. And have you ever heard of any kind of backlash or anything like that? Uh, well, there, there well, there certainly is a, a uh, no-solicitation clause. clause, I should say.
1: Okay. Uh, is that something you, I mean...
0: Go ahead. I'm gonna say this real quickly, George. I'm gonna say this. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to telling you to do it. I'm not advocating it. It happens. No, this is this is the real world. It happens, and they brokers understand that it happens. Whether or not they're gonna come after you for it, I don't know. Haven't never had that experience. But there's enough shippers out there. You know, it may take some. like Kevin says, you're going to have to do the hard work. What we're talking about tonight and everything, this is part of the hard work. And, and and I'm not just saying this to you guys out there listening. I'm saying this to myself because this is more stuff that I need to start implementing for myself and for my business. Um, the hard work means taking the time to sit back and research, to go do your homework and, and look at, go to those websites that I gave out and begin to narrow down the shippers in those areas and, and begin to find out if they have a commodity being shipped on your type of equipment so that you can begin to to approach them. Uh, Don't, don't necessarily target and set yourself up for litigation, you know, begin to open yourself up for other avenues and and, and target other things. But I mean, you know, if, if, uh, if your wife happens to open up a brokerage company and,
3: Somehow she got the contact information? Hmm. I wonder how that happened. Well, and one thing, you know, with, with, with what we talk about, and I don't think everyone needs a marketing piece, although it might be nice, but a business card. Um, of the couple brokers that I am set up with, yes, they, they straight out have explanations and, and comments and, and a, a full clause about back solicitation. Now, I delivered a company B, here in Rochester, New York. No, I cannot solicit Company B. But if I've gone in and left them a card and said, hey, listen, if you have a problem, you know, with what I delivered or whatever, hey, call me, you know, nonchalant. The non-solicitation clauses, I mean, okay, you're just giving information of, hey, if you have a problem with this move I'm doing for CH Robinson, call me. I mean, yeah, they might want to call Robinson, but they can call you directly saying, hey, are you almost there? Yeah, I'm 20 minutes away. But none of those solici- the back solicitation clauses say that the customer cannot contact you. If they don't have a card from you, they don't know you from Boo. Does that make any sense? Right. And I actually had one of my broker friends directly say that to me because he goes, boy, you should be doing this directly, but I can't solicit them. I said, I've already handled a load throw- through you for them. He goes, well, what do we do? And I kind of said, well, that doesn't mean they can't contact me. I can't prevent that. You know, and that's right. how little things blossom. Uh,
0: looks like Mike dropped out. Uh, we're going to try to get in one more real quickly. Caller from the 615. 615 is your turn. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, Caller. Uh oh. Let's try it again. A caller from the 615. All right. Well, let's try to move on. Let's see if we can get caller from 602. Caller from the 602. What's your name? Where you calling from?
3: Rico, George, thank you very much for taking my call. Dale Howard, your favorite hey. enforcement officer. Oh, boy. Hey. Yeah, I'm Good sorry, that, yeah, that, that page was a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I don't know whether you guys touched on that or not, but if you're a squeaky clean carrier, you should also be marketing that in your package. Everybody is scared of that exactly. lawyer's server to death on the street corner. And if you're squeaky clean, your 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 customer needs to know that because that's, that's a big concern to them these days. Exactly, Phil. That's well,
0: what we, we, we didn't touch on that particular, but that was, it kind of goes back into... Uh, building up your credibility, you know, it helps build your credibility as a as a as a business person and also as a
3: carrier. Absolutely, you know, if you seek out those clean inspections, you can also include those in your uh, in your package when you're talking to customers. And you know, I don't get bothered at the scales. Here's here's proof of my equipment. Well, Dale, I like to always quote uh, when when I first met you at the CNC in 2012. Um, I, I pretty much came in there. I just picked up my tractor in Colorado and Denver. I was bobtailing home. I, I, I need to get to another CMC because I really felt like I came out there for five days and I was a deer in the headlights, but, uh, you were, you, you've been often quoted as, as, I often quote you as saying, if you look like a wounded gazelle, you're going to get taken down. <laughs> You know, and, and, and yeah. Dale Dale is just somebody that, you know, whether you've been on the C M C or your friends on Facebook, you eve, Matt, Jeff, you know, anybody has been willing to more than step up and, and give advice. I came to Dale, you know, last year when I was doing some very big art moves on my step deck and you know, we we're talking about securement. And you know, Dale has always said enough is good, more is better. Yep. Yeah, you uh, you can never have too many tie downs on a flat deck. Yeah, Yeah, and with these, when with these sculptures, I move. I've had more people come up, and if they look at it, they're like, "Yeah, I don't know, I don't, I got nothing." They, you know, they don't even know how to tie it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's the that's the expertise you bring to the table, and uh, always glad to help. And I'll get out of here, and you guys can get another call. Thank hey, you, Dale. Dale. We appreciate it.
0: Well, George, believe it or not, we just blew straight through that hour. Um, well, that, that, that wasn't everybody, as rough as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to be too bad. Uh, well, everybody, <laughs> I, I, I again, I appreciate everyone for calling in. Um, sorry we weren't able to get to everybody's phone call, But the good news is myself and George, uh, George, I'm putting you out there on the limb. Uh, look for us on Facebook. Send us some questions. If, you get, if we didn't get to you, if you had. Some burning questions, or if you're not quite sure as to the links and everything that I posted up, you're not 100 percent sure how to navigate them, how to use them. Give me a uh, shoot me a question on Facebook or whatever. I may have some time to give you a quick phone call and try to help walk you through them uh, as best I can. Um, and I'm if you got any questions for George, I'm, you know shoot him, maybe shoot him a question or throw something out there on the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook page. Go join Per Mouth Masters Facebook page. Uh tell all your friends about it. Uh we, we it is a moderated site, but this is how we're gonna to try to improve this industry through education, through sharing information, through networking, by helping build one another
3: up. Thing you'd like to say in closing? You know what, you, you kind of really covered it. And and um, you know, I re- I really think and this is not just me, this is coming from Every one of my customers, and I, I can say there's not one that hasn't said this. They've always complained about the industry, and then, you know, maybe it's going to, to quote what Kevin says. How do we make this industry a better place? You know what? It starts with us. It starts with the guys that you you see when you look in the mirror. You know, exactly. put a smile on your face, be presentable, go to the customer, you know, maybe maybe it goes back to don't park on the fuel island. I, I don't know. Where do I, you know, think of the things we complain <laughs> about. Let's not do that. You know, I mean, I try to park in the back of the truck stop most of the time because Lord knows we all would benefit from a little more exercise.
0: Yes,
4: sir.
3: You know, and, and yes, have, you know, let, let's bring back this, you know, what we do to to be, you know, the proverbial knights of the road that were all respected 30 years ago. I think many still are, but there's a great deal that aren't. Exactly. Exactly
0: well everybody i like again once again I like to thank you on behalf of Kevin Rutherford Lisa Rutherford and the whole entire less truck team I thank you again for your uh, for your calls for your uh, questions and for your support most of all deeply humbled thank you again uh, in the words of Kevin Rutherford be responsible do the hard work and master the journey good night everyone thanks for joining us on rates and lanes.